Hey readers, welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talk. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 techs working in the Child and Youth Programming Department with a passion for children's literature. And this is the place to discover new and exciting book recommendations for kids. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon theme. We will explore books, spoiler-free, available at the library in print and digital form, which include picture books, junior fiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. Here we are today discussing some books with a the theme of school. School. So school, I mean, it's 2020. School looks and feels a little different this year. I mean, the kids were out of school for many months and they're back and fingers crossed they stay back at school and are able to continue their studies. Even with all the ways it looks different at the heart of everything, school is the same. It's needed. Absolutely. Um, so we have some books today to discuss our young students and middle grade students as they navigate through school. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm really excited to discuss our buddy read for this month. Yes. So we read New Kid, which is a contemporary graphic novel written and illustrated by Jerry Craft. It is also the first graphic novel to ever win the Newbery Medal in 2020, which is super right. cool. Yes. Okay. So here's the setup for New Kid. Jordan is your average 12-year-old kid in seventh grade. He dreams of going to art school, but instead he is sent to a posh private school. He is one of only a few students of color and one of the only students requiring financial aid to attend. It is clear on the very first day that Jordan is in the minority at this prestigious school and his experiences as the New Kid highlight issues of race and privilege in a school setting. Jordan faces indirect and subtle discriminations or microaggressions on a daily basis from teachers and students. He's constantly on the receiving end of those comments, often coming from people who are oblivious to the prejudices or their biases. An example of this is an insufferable character who absolutely drove me crazy throughout the book. Oh, (laughs) yes. I just wanted to take her aside. Ms. Rowell. Okay, so this is just an awful teacher who constantly is getting the black kids names wrong. An example of this is Jordan's friend, Drew, who she refers to unapologetically as DeAndre. Drew Mm -hmm. is not DeAndre. Drew and DeAndre just happen to both be two black students at the school. But Ms. Rowell is in her insufferable, discriminative fashion is flippant about it and does not care. Mm -hmm. So this is like one of the cringe-worthy microaggressions we see in this book that just absolutely drove me crazy, but was important to bring up and discuss as a whole. What did you think, Laura? Absolutely. It's funny in my notes, I have Ms. Rao. Ugh, that's what my (laughs) note says about her. So yeah, I mean, the thing that I I found about her and then when she pulled Jordan aside and was like, well, you're so, you should feel special to be here. Right. Yeah. Like this is, and, and then when his he, response, <laughs> yeah. And he threw it right back at her. Well, would you feel special if you were at a school in my neighborhood and nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the one thing I liked about Jordan eventually throughout the book. He definitely became more confident and drew like drew was always standing up for himself because he had enough. 
And then they weren't wrong in what they were saying. So it was good that other teachers had their backs. That's what I liked about it too, throughout it all. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, really heavy hitting themes in this book. Um, Yes, absolutely. We're discussing anti-racism and privilege and prejudice and diversity and friendship and intergenerational relationships. This whole idea of not judging a book by its cover. But what I loved is that Craft presents all these themes and issues, but he doesn't get caught up in being too issuey or self-righteous. Um, New Kid is still entertaining, accessible, and inclusive. And I found one of the ways it was accessible for our young readers is that it was hilarious. I mean, this it is was laugh- so funny. Yeah, laugh- like laugh-, laugh out loud. Yeah. It was super sweet and funny. Um, I loved how he broke up all the chapters with pop culture references to film. Mm-hmm. Which we'll definitely go over like the target audience. It's going to go over their head for sure. But and as it, an adult reading it, it was, they were, they were so, they were so witty. Like, I know. Story. And as an adult, yes. <laughs> I love the references to what do we have here? West side story, hunger games, straight out of Compton, the Rocky horror picture show and star Mad Wars. Men. Mad Mad, yeah. Some of them, of course, our target audience eight to 12. Yeah won't get but I think that's the point um Mm -hmm. is this is a book that we want the kids to read but we Mm. also want parents and teachers to read and discuss with them so this is a perfect companion book to read with your kids so you can bring up these topics like systemic racism and social classes and stereotypes and privilege and have a discussion with the kids like the kids yeah some of the humor some of the references will be over there get over their head the initial themes can be discussed with an adult and I really loved um, when I was doing a little bit of research I really loved how one of the committee members on the Newberry award um, she's quoted as saying how new kid is distinct and timely it's an honest story that respects children and gives its readers a glimpse into what it means to be other and I just thought yeah. that, really, that really highlights the entire book. It's just beautifully, it's beautifully written. His illustrations are like, they're just, they're, it's just love. It's just a, a lovely experience. It is. Um, I would recommend it to kids, adults, their parents. There, there's really no one I wouldn't recommend this to. No, I think. it's true. And I, for me, like a big thing that I loved about the book too, is that the focus on the relationships that he has with, uh, not with his, only just with his friends, but with his parents, with his grandpa, like the big focus on how he has those strong bonds and that, you know, he, that how much he, they mean to him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the story is heartwarming. His, the intergenerational relational relationship grandfather was super sweet and heartwarming. Yes. I like how the friendships evolve, even the kids that, you know, they're not super tight with, they, you know, by the end, they're sticking up for, mm-hmm. they're learning about empathy and what like other people are struggling yeah. with. The char- yeah, the characters, I love them all, except for Miss, Ms. Rao. Yep. <laughs> she does not redeem herself. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No. Yeah. So yeah, this book. I saw an interview with Jerry Craft and he, one of the things that really stuck out that he said was that this is the book that he wished he read when he was a kid. Right. I mean, yeah. Art and writing about their experiences. They're doing it specifically to help kids that are struggling. And yeah, everyone should pick it up. It's Jerry Craft's new kid um, and it's available. So read it. Listen to it. 
love it like we did. It's so good. Okay, so let's jump into another middle grade book. The next book I want to discuss is Because Mr. Terrapt by Rob Bouillet. This is a contemporary middle grade. And here's the setup. Okay, so Mr. Terrapt is a rookie teacher taking on a fifth grade class at the start of a new school year. He's different in the sense that he ignores following the standard curriculum and instead gives his students unusual assignments to get them thinking outside the box. The story unfolds sequentially and is told from the separate viewpoints of seven students, each with their unique personalities and personal problems. We've got Jessica, the smart and perceptive new girl, Alexia, the classic mean girl bully, Petey, the class troublemaker, Luke, the smart one, Danielle, the shy, insecure one who can't speak up for herself, Anna, the outcast, and Jeffrey, the boy who would rather be anywhere else other than school. All of these kids have something going on in their lives which make them think and behave in a particular way. Mr. Terrell helps them navigate through difficult changes in their lives while addressing hardships and learning from mistakes. Bouye tackles important topics such as divorce, bullying, depression, mental health, the loss of a child, and children with special needs. He is able to change the lives of each of these students in just 269 pages. This book is the perfect example of why educators do what they do, inspire and lead positive change. I love this book. I'm a sucker for the teacher coming in and saving the lives of his students in an inspiring way. Um, this isn't all like Dead Poet Society, but it definitely had a Dead Poet Society vibe in that we have a teacher who comes and really changes the lives of his young students. I like personally, like you, I always feel like you remember the teachers you had in school, like, like whether it's middle school or high school, the ones who really supported you and pushed you to do better. I just think, you know, like having a mentor or support in an academic setting is so important to kids today. And in some ways, teachers, you know, they really get a bad rap sometimes. Like I think the, the focus has shifted from potential mentor to, you know, other political things that I, you know, I'm not going to discuss here, but, you know, our kids need these teachers. And this book really shows how inspiring teachers can be. Mr. Tara reminded me a bit of like Augie's teacher in Wonder. Mm. which I mean love wonder like love that book like I immediately go to Hamilton because it's I know (laughs) (laughs) oh David (laughs) (laughs) anyway um yeah I had a vibe of um you know August teacher and wonder as well as like as well as like the freedom writer's diary again on a much smaller scale it's a younger audience so if you're looking for a book about a teacher that changes the lives of their student, check out Mr. Tara by Rob Bouye. Okay, so Laura, what have you got? So my, I'm actually gonna start with my picture books, I think this week. So I have to say it's, there are so many great picture books um, about school that it was really hard to just pick two this month, but somehow I dwindled it down. And in some ways I feel like I've left the other ones out, but that's okay. So um, the first book that I'm going to talk about is called Danby Leads the School Parade, and it is written and illustrated by Anna Kim. It's a newer book. It just came out this year in 2020. And Danby is a student who's starting her first day of school in America, and she's just moved here with her family from Korea. 
well, there's a language barrier. There are tradition barriers. I mean, she just she doesn't know about a lot of the, the cultural things that they do in school at um, in America. So she goes to school the first day. Her mom says, you know, be good. Listen to your teacher and eat your lunch. Eat your lunch is a big thing as a parent. We're always telling our kids, make sure you eat your lunch today. Mm-hmm. Drink, so water. She goes, drink water. Drink your water, eat your lunch. Make sure you eat your fruits and vegetables first, not the treats, right? Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> so anyhow, so the story, this, first of all, this book is beautifully illustrated, white backgrounds with lots of vibrant colors throughout. And like the, the children's illustrations, the expressions on their face are amazing. It's a great book just for that alone. Anyway, so Dan B starts class. They're playing games she doesn't know. She's just not quite fitting in. They're doing different dances that she doesn't know. And she's just feeling a little bit left out. So then lunch comes and she's like, great, I know how to eat lunch. She pulls out her lunch and it looks much different than the other students' lunches. And she's using chopsticks. Everyone's watching her in amazement. So of course she decides to share some of her food with her chopsticks, but then no one knows how to use the chopsticks. So then Danby decides to use her chopsticks to make noises. So then the other students see what she's doing and they too start to make noises. And then they start to make music with their straws, their forks, their spoons, whatever they have around them. Um, And for me, I'm a big music lover. So to me, music is universal language. And really, ultimately, that's to me what this book comes down to is that although Danby may not know the different cultural things she's supposed to go along with, she may not know the language, the rhythm and sound that they can make together bonds them and just creates the beginning of what can become so much learning for her and for the students in the school as well. And in the end, she does make a friend at the end. It's, it's just really, it's a beautiful book. It's beautifully illustrated, beautifully written. I highly, highly recommend it. Dan B leads the school parade. That's my book. Number one, (laughs) my next one is called rescuing Mrs. Birdley. It's written by Aaron Reynolds and illustrated by Emma Reynolds. Why I love this book is that, when you were younger and you were a, stu- a, a, a student and you'd be out somewhere and you'd see your teacher. <laughs> what? Celebrity. Why is my teacher here at the grocery store? Or why is my teacher at the mall? And me, like, I mean, I do story time. So if I'm out somewhere and I see children from my story time at the, in the grocery store, they're like, whoa, what is Laura doing here in the grocery store? So this is great. So uh, the student in our book is, oh my goodness, I've already forgot her name. That's terrible. Uh, Miranda, here we go. Miranda's an animal lover and she loves to watch adventure things about rescuing animals and stuff. So she sees her teacher in the grocery store and assumes, oh my goodness, my teacher has escaped the school. I need to get her back home. How did she get out? So she makes it her mission to get her teacher back to the school because that's her home. That's where she belongs. <laughs> she be away from the school. So it I mean. It's great. The illustrations are fun. Lots of greens and browns and references to different animals. It's so cute. Um, Teachers will love this book because they'll be like, yeah, I I can totally understand that because kids are like, what are you doing here? So it's a great book. Rescuing Mrs. Birdley. It's lots of fun for for teachers to read to their class as well. It's a perfect read aloud. Lots of fun. And of course, at the end, she gets the teacher back to the school, but then she finds her principal somewhere. And she's like, oh my gosh, now we're going to do it. I got to rescue the principal too. So there's a sequel. <laughs> well, there might be, you never know, right? So that was great. Rescuing Mrs. Birdley by Aaron Reynolds. Loved it. It was great. Okay. Those sound awesome. Okay. So we're going to shift back to some contemporary middle grade. 
I'm going to discuss a book by Carrie Firestone called Dress Coded. Mm -hmm. This is Carrie Firestone's first middle grade book. She's currently published, two, I believe, just two young adult books, but this is her first debut middle grade. And oh my gosh, okay, I'm really excited to talk about this. Here's a setup. Okay. So Molly Frost is your typical eighth grader. She deals with friendship drama, mean girls, struggles with body issue, issues, and self-esteem. She wants to fit in and do well at school. When Molly witnesses a female student being reprimanded by two male teachers for wearing a tank top that exposes her shoulders, she decides to protest the best way she can. She creates Dress Coded, a podcast. Mm. Yes. During a podcast, we are going to discuss a book about a podcast. <laughs> Okay, so Molly interviews current and former female students who are now in high school who have been dress coded to get their stories. What she finds is that the real problem isn't with the girls' attire, it's with the adults, their misperceptions and desire to control their bodies. In many ways, the school administration reinforces the idea that girls are responsible for the behavior of boys and even men. Also, the administration's rules regarding dress are completely arbitrary. Some girls are dress coded and humiliated for wearing an outfit that another girl, perhaps a late bloomer, can get away with. Essentially, it's the curvier girls being targeted at a time of much physical change, leaving them embarrassed, confused, and even emotionally damaged. Dress Coded is a story about young people finding their voices and standing up for what they believe in by creating change and using technology to share their positive message. I found this book thought-provoking for adults as well, just like a lot of the books we will discuss here, we don't want just the kids to read it. We want their parents. We want the teachers. We want all the adults to read them because teachers and parents need to reflect on how much kids change both physically and emotionally and try to support them through these changes and not tear them down at every opportunity. Okay, this book. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> it, I mean, dress codes are always going to be controversial and I am of the opinion that they're just used to police young girls bodies and I personally think what Firestone tries to convey in her book is the fact that we really need to settle down and we need to stop shaming girls for their bodies and I think what I love first and foremost what I loved about this book is that Molly Frost is an amazing character. She's in eighth grade. She's an activist. She's trying to make a difference at her school. And Molly hasn't experienced any of the dress coding. Right. So she's speaking up for her fellow students who, who are being targeted. And Molly, and Molly discusses this in the book, how the fact that she's, she's quite small, she's thin, she's a late bloomer. So she can basically get away with wearing anything she wants because she's in grade eight and she's got nothing much to show. But some of the other girls, you know, their their bodies are changing differently. It's not like a textbook that it just follows one, one way of doing mm -hmm. that. So um, I loved Molly. I loved her enthusiasm to like start this podcast. And it was really like, it, I found it very emotional. Like when she's talking to the current students, and how embarrassed they are by these male officials, you know, telling them what they can and can't wear. There's even a character who is not even a teacher who they refer to as fingertips, 
which is like disgusting. So this fingertips is job you can imagine is just to be like, that's too short. Can't do that. That's too short. And I think you need to read this and then have the discussion like, and asking the question, why do dress codes even exist? Why do they exist? And I'm not talking about dress codes in uniform schools. That's a different topic. I'm just talking about regular public schools, middle grade or high school, but why do these dress codes exist? And we know like, it's about boys. It's about distracting boys. It's about boys not being able to behave in an appropriate way. So using the girls as an escape as well, she's dressed that way. So mm-hmm. that uses this behavior. I really hope um, Carrie Firestone's fire, her follow-up to this book is something about how to raise boys, <laughs> because I mean, <laughs> that's a good, that'll good be a good supplementary uh, read to a book about dress coded, dress coding girls. So yeah, I think she does this in a really good way. Um, yeah, I really, I would, I recommend it to, you know, middle grade students as well as high school students and their parents. So that's Dress Coded by Carrie Firestone. Uh, what do you got next, Laura? Okay, so my next one is my emergent reader for the month. So I found um, this one, it's, I think it's a reissue, but I'm not 100% sure about that. Actually, I should know that before I talk about it. But anyway, so the book that I've chosen is called Our Principles in His Underwear. So, I mean, how could I not pick it up? Just the title alone, it's going to sell the book, right? So these great, these are great books. They're part of the Quix series, Q-U-I-X. And they're a, the perfect book for emergent readers. So um, kids who are just starting to read chapter books, or if you have a reluctant reader, these are great. They're just over 50 pages. They have big font throughout them. Lots of illustrations that are fun. Okay, our principal is in his underwear, sorry, a principal's in his underwear. It's a retelling of the emperor's new clothes. And ultimately this Mr. Bundy at PS 88, he doesn't, he thinks he's got this new outfit on, it's invisible. And like, you know, I have this outfit, everyone can see that, they, you know, they won't be able to see anything underneath it. But little does he know, he goes to school and everyone can see, he thinks he's put this invisible outfit on and it's not like, I mean, the title, it's it's a funny book. It's a funny page turner. It's definitely one that you'll want to pick up. I mean, if you want to do it as a read aloud with your with your kids at home, if you want to do it as a read aloud, if you're a teacher in your class, I mean, you will have kids definitely giggling and laughing throughout it. It's the perfect uh, emergent reader chapter book. And there are other books in this series about print the principal doing funny different things. So definitely pick it up. Our principal's in his underwear. I didn't think by the author. The author is Stephanie Kalmanson. And she has quite a few of these um, different chapter books, not necessarily about the principal, but other books as well. So she's great. Pick them up. They're a nice, quick, easy read for your young readers. Great. Okay. My (laughs) final book is also a graphic novel. This one is awkward, and it's the book number one of the Berrybrook Middle School series by Svetlana Shimkova. And the Berrybrook Middle School series is fantastic. There are currently three in the series. Awkward is the first one. Then there's Brave and Crush. Crush is second, Brave is third. Okay, but we'll have those in our show notes if you want to read the entire series. This is a great series because it's diverse and has a fantastic ensemble of characters. So Awkward 
Our main character, Penelope, or Peppy, is involved in an embarrassing incident in front of the whole school at the very beginning of the story, and she doesn't know how to say sorry to the boy that's involved. She's Mm -hmm. too shy to speak up for herself, and to make matters worse, this is the first day at a brand new school, so she doesn't know anyone or have any friends. This entire series touches on what it's like to go through middle school. Um, It's perfect for middle grade readers who want to read a relatable story about navigating the halls of middle school and surviving the awkward situations they will inevitably be involved in. I would recommend this series to fans of Raina Telgemeier, Jennifer Holm, Shannon Hill, and Terry Liebenson's graphic novels. Um, the illustrations are great. They reminded me a lot of manga. I'm not sure. If Sve- I've never read any other books by Svetlana Shamakova, but I feel like she's done other graphic novels or anime type stuff. But the illustrations are super cute. They do have like a manga vibe to them. Uh, she addresses, it's, it's just great middle grade storytelling. She addresses all the classic themes such as bullying and trying to fit in friendships and peer pressure. This one particularly particularly was um, really funny and I would, yeah, like check it out if you're looking for something that deals with like relatable struggles um, that are tackled sweetly and don't forget about the follow-ups, Crush and Brave. So that's Awkward by Svetlana Shemakova. Nice. All right, my last pick is a middle grade pick. Um, again, I had a really hard time just picking one middle grade for me to talk about. I read quite a few this month and there are lots of great ones, but this one I'm gonna focus on. It's called Fish in a Tree by Linda Mullally Hunt. I, there's a reason why this has been a New York Times bestseller for so long. This book was passionately recommended to me by a grade five student through a teacher that I know. They said, your friend Laura has to read this book. It's so good. And you know what? She wasn't wrong. It's a great book. So it's about Allie Nickerson. She's a grade six student. Uh, This is her seventh school in seven years that she's been to. Her dad's in the military. So he's away, stationed away. She's home with mom and brother. Brother's much older. I think he was 18. I can't remember now. And mom's working all the time. So, but Allie has uh, a learning disability, which she's not aware of really. Um, And no teacher's ever been made aware of either or noticed throughout her seven years in seven different schools until Mr. Daniels comes along. So it's a great book. Allie's, Allie's never really had the chance to make really good friends either in her experience through school. So this year, grade sixth grade, she meets two good friends. She starts the year off with a teacher who then goes on maternity leave. The teacher, there are so many cues with the teacher. Like I was in the second chapter getting so frustrated going, how does the teacher and principal not notice these things? She was really, really good at deflecting her dyslexia, which the new teacher, Mr. Daniels, comes to find and identify for her. And often I feel that children are so good at, you know, hiding that. It's just an accurate account. I'm I'm sure what many kids are struggling with if they don't know that there's a problem and that their problem is something that it's not necessarily a problem. It's just something that they can work through and there are adjustments that can be made to assist with them. So, yeah, I mean, this book is, it's so good. I feel like any teacher should read it. Any middle grade student should read it. Any adult should read it because really it's eye-opening because there are things that the teacher talks about in here. Like, do you, when you're Allie, when you're looking at things, the letters move and she's like yeah so she's never been able to read she can't write correctly 
but she's a super smart kid. She just can't do those other fundamental things. And it just takes the right person to notice those things, recognize the issue and face them head on and work with her through them. So it's a great book. I mean, it's a bestseller for a reason. I can't say enough about how much I love Fish Nishri. It was, it was amazing. So yeah, check it out. Perfect choice. That's, it's such a beautiful story. And I was just going to add that we've ordered a book club in a bag for Fish in a Tree. So if you want to do like a reading circle kind of book club with your students or your friends, you can borrow Fish in a Tree um, to have these discussions because it is an important book and it's so, it's beautiful and well-written. And I think it really hones in on the struggles that a lot of kids go through that they just, they just need that one person to notice them and to take the time to help them. Well, there's this one line, I'm just going to read it because I'm like, the teacher says to her, you know, he takes a deep breath. Here's the thing, Allie, I'm going to be honest with you. I've talked with both Mrs. Hall and Mrs. Silver. So the teacher that left and Mrs. Silver is the principal. I know you spent a lot of time in the office in the past. You're good at getting sent to the office, but you know, you can be too good at the wrong things. So, I mean, it just takes the right person to recognize that you know what, there's more to that person. So it's not just what you see. There's more. You have to peel back all those layers to find you know, what the issue is and, and make the best of things. So yeah, great book. Love it. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All the books discussed today are available in print and digital format on either Overdrive, Cloud Library, or Hoopla. Please visit BranfordLibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other fantastic programs the library has to offer. Thanks. Bye-bye. Juicebox Book Talks is a Brantford Public Library podcast developed by Leanna Flumiani, that's me, and me, Laura Virag. Edited by Zila Ozols. Music provided by Purple Planet through purple-planet.com.